You're listening to Unlocking the Obese Mind podcast with your host, Graham Long and Amy Lett. Alrighty, so for those of you tuning in, this is the inaugural edition, the first ever episode. Finally. Finally, I know. Um, I was joking with Amy earlier uh, before we started recording that this podcast has been pretty much snake bitten since we were set out to start. And for all you parents out there, as you know, this is the most wonderful time of year where kids are getting back to school and everybody's shuffling around. And I had a car that crapped out and and the last minute I had to go car shopping. So um, fun stuff all the way around. Adulting is just so much fun. And luckily I didn't overeat and uh, didn't have a vice I attached myself to. But nonetheless, you're part of history, folks. First ever, we are here live and in color. So, well, not live, but we're in having color. it live. But you'll hear this um, here soon. We'll, we'll, we'll announce it on the uh, social media pages of how you can access the podcast, but we're very excited, and um, we're finally doing it. So uh, how do you feel about Amy? How's life been treating you uh, oh my gosh. as of late? This same thing. Just go and go and go. It's been so, so busy with school starting back and everything, and it has felt snake-bitten, and we're finally recording. I think it's possible <laughs> Yeah, I think it's smooth sailing, so... Amy, why do you think we're doing this podcast today? Um, For those who don't know Amy, um, she has pretty much an incredible body transformation and a mind transformation. And this is pretty much what the podcast is going to detail is there's a lot of different podcasts and blogs and websites and everything else that tells you the secrets of how to lose excess weight and you know, how to build your glutes yeah. and everything else. And, and this podcast is not exactly no. going to be that sort of podcast. <laughs> not right? at all. No. Because you have an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And I think with most people who have made a drastic life change, um, have some sort of, uh, I like to call it your why. Your why has to be so important Absolutely. to you uh, to be a driving force mm-hmm. behind losing the weight. And you've had an incredible physical as well as mental transformation for your physical transformation uh you've lost well 100 plus pounds 129 129 so i mean that is almost a person that pretty much is a person that's a skateboarder (laughs) that's some (laughs) sort of soy boy skateboarder um no i mean but it's absolutely incredible to see what you've done with that but people they see the results, but they don't know, you know, sometimes you could say right now, like, oh, well, it took me a year or two, but chances are this is probably taking you well over a decade, right? Yeah. Would, would oh, I be right gosh. in saying that? Yes, because so, it's so much more than just a physical, the mental transformation that comes along. For me, that was just a bonus of what has happened internally in my mind, you know, so pushing past boundaries and things like that is just the way to get there. And I knew that eventually my body would catch up to my mind if I could just get my mind straight. And so Mm -hmm. that's so much what we don't talk about. When people ask me, how did you do this? And I say, I counted my calories. I get looked at like I have three heads. Right. And because that's not how I really done it. You know, I, I did all these things to help my mental health and to help my physical health more than my size. And I knew that that would just be a byproduct 
you know, of what happened in the mind. And that's really where we're at. That's what this podcast is about is the mental transformation and how your body catches up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, obviously obesity, you know, is a huge epidemic in oh, America. Yes. And um, a lot of that is just attributed to people just um, going through some sort of trauma, Absolutely. whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. And for you, I just, I've known you've gone through quite a bit. So <laughs> to kind of start out, like, when did all this begin? When did the troubles begin uh, for you, Amy? Because you've been at this for quite some time, yeah. yo-yoing and going Absolutely. back and forth. And now you found traction and you're doing fabulous. But um, I, I think people would benefit from hearing about your climb. And it's been oh a lot gosh. longer than the one or two years you've been <laughs> at this. So, Yes, I spent uh, the first 20 years of my life, you know, in a decent size and everything. And, but I wasn't taking care of myself and that really started to show up once I got out of school and I didn't have the structure of eating foods and that metabolism began to change as my hormones changed and things and the pounds came on. Well, I I mean, I just didn't even really know how to take care of myself because I was taught to just stop eating, you know, take in less calories and you'll, and it wasn't even calories, just like don't eat and don't eat and you'll lose weight. So I could stop eating for a couple of days and drop the five or 10 pounds that I needed to when I was young. And then when I got in my twenties, that didn't work anymore. And I never really knew how to eat. Maybe that's a Gen X thing because we weren't necessarily raised on fast food, but it came to us, you know, more and more as time went along, didn't understand the implications of that at all. And then when you begin to, and I began to emotionally feed myself because I had a parent that was in and out of my life all the time. I had um, another parent that I didn't feel like understood me at all, <laughs> you know, and, then, and I had so much different trauma from these things and kids were just expected to pop back right. and I didn't pop back. I began to loathe myself and to not care about myself anymore. And um, that's, you know, eating to fulfill emotional needs because if, if you're going to look at me and tell me that that chocolate cake that you're eating doesn't give you some kind of high, then we're, then we're lying about it, you know? And, um, uh, just continued from there into this spiral mm-hmm. and I, I got into relationships that drug me down, uh, chose people that weren't good for me because of my problems with myself, you know? And then I had a big problem. I'm, I, I, with men looking at me or anything, I didn't want that to happen. So I began to put on pounds so I wouldn't have that kind of things happen to me. And it wasn't like it's something that I sat and thought about. Like I'm doing this because it happens over time. And it's a lot of things that you have to unlock along the way to become a healthier person um, inside so that you can outside as well. Or I could, I'm trying to, yeah i mean hence the name yeah Yeah. hence the name of the podcast and what you're referring to is on a subconscious level and i think that's what happened with me you know i grew up in a household with a parent who suffered from an eating disorder and i got to saw firsthand just the psychosis that it led her too, you know, just um, the self-destructive habits and the social isolation. And um, it was very apparent that she had gone through trauma 
in the way of her parents and uh, her parents are no longer around but yeah. you know, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead but something obviously happened and um, uh, so there was just kind of a lot yes. of negative self-talk with my mother and, um, and, and things of that nature and um, that was very hard uh, for little me to see and for my <laughs> siblings to see my right. um, fabulous mother did what she could but you know um, I'll never forget, you know, how my parents provided for me, but oh, I'd just yeah. be lying to say if it didn't affect me in one way or another. So um, with that isolation, we didn't have a huge social life. We didn't have a lot of people coming over the house. And so I grew up pretty shy and um, maybe biologically depression. You know, obviously my, my father served oh, in the Marines yeah. in Vietnam and suffers from post-traumatic stress and um, you know, he married my mom and, you know, she had her history. And so chemically I probably had some sort right. of deficiency. And since I've suffered from depression since I was about 11 years old, um, I like to think so anyway. And, um, just to see kind of those right. two clash, um, you know, kind of affected our household. So while everything kind of appeared normal on the outside, on yes. the inside, there was a great deal of turmoil and um, I benefited from going to a school, you know, from first grade all the way to my senior year. So I never really had to work on socializing. But, you know, because, right. you know, you're you're with these people all the time. There's proximity and you don't really have to work for it. You don't really have to work on those skills because it just falls in your lap. So what I found was when I was getting closer to getting out of my household, um, I didn't really know how to interact with people and so uh there's just a lot of uh instances where i'm isolating and i'm just because eating because it feels good you know it feels good serotonin release and things like that that essentially the drugs do <laughs> you know yeah no i mean there's very much mm -hmm. a, a addictive compounds and we're not going to be a very scientific podcast yeah, knowledge but is everything yeah. the proof's in the pudding so, I mean, there's a reason why you eat McDonald's and you're only full for just a little bit and then you crave more. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't take a rocket scientist I don't even, to figure out what they're trying to do. Right. I don't even like McDonald's, but if I start eating there, I want it. And I eat it you're thinking, addicted. I don't even yeah. like this. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, to piggyback what you mentioned earlier, um, you know, just kind of how there wasn't a lot of knowledge about nutrition no at least when i was growing up as a kid mm -hmm. as there is seems to be today right um i i feel like there people still try to pass off certain products as being healthy and there's a whole health craze <laughs> yeah. reduce fat lower sugar Chemical, you and i chemicals, know chemicals <laughs> absolutely that so the health craze now i mean they're they're really trying to cater to that and still sell their crappy products and get us to buy it but the thing about growing up and then you're a little bit older than I am, but still it was kind of this way was I don't think there was a lot of education about nutrition no. with our parents and their generation. No. Um, All these new chemicals are made up and they're made into something that looks like food and it kind of mm -hmm. tastes like food. And then um, it's just, like you said, you know, over and over again, addictive chemicals, but they didn't know that the health hazards of that until now. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it was just kind of this idea that you had to finish everything on your plate, even though you say you're not hungry. (laughs) I can just remember going to school and like, oh, you got to have a donut. You got to have some sugary cereal. You got to eat all of it. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, I'm full. And it's not to say what our parents did was malicious it was just how they were brought up and it's just a whole cultural thing brought up from a poor Um, time where you did eat everything on your plate because you're not getting a snack later no but these days we can have a snack later so we don't have to fill our plates full yeah right and eat to capacity that's another thing with me that i have learned just in the last month that i came to realize that i'm eating I look at food as a way to fuel my body, to treat mm-hmm. my body better. And then, you know, the more um, fatty or sugary foods are safer those days when it's a real treat, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, coming back to um, you don't have to eat to capacity. You don't eat to full. You eat to fuel, not to full. And yeah. once I finally got that in my head that I'm looking at this plate of food and I over time have learned my calories, but at first spent so much time documenting and looking up and researching because you have education is key. You have to feed yourself educationally to get there. But, you know, and I can look at this plate of food and say, well, that plate of food, six to 800 calories, that should, that's enough energy for me for four to five hours, you know, so I shouldn't be hungry for a while. And if I look at the clock and I think I'm hungry, nope, I'm just bored or I'm thirsty I'm not hungry. Self-awareness is Exactly, key. because I had 600 calories just two hours ago. There's no way I should be hungry right now. You know, so it's a mind game, and it's learning how to fuel your body and not just necessarily fill it to capacity so that you don't get hungry for a while. You know, it's fuel versus full, you know. No, I think that's a great saying. And what was happening with me is I was never taught nutrition. Oh, me either. <laughs> None of us really were. Uh, that kind of got in really bad shape. Obviously, when you're not aware of these things, you just kind of do it. And then you look at yourself in the mirror one day, as the case was for me, yeah. and oh, crap, I'm 250 on a 5'6 frame. I got to do something. Yes. And it's amazing how just all this time you look in mirrors, yeah. you don't think about it, but one day it just clicks. Maybe it's you wake up in the morning and you just feel nauseous and... There were a couple of things like that that were happening with me, but I think I was dealing with depression and isolation on a very subconscious yes. level. I don't think at the time I realized I was depressed, right. uh, so I could eat six ham and cheese sandwiches and watch YouTube videos, and I'm fine, but probably, on a, again, on a subconscious level, I was trying to medicate. Right. Um, same way an alcoholic would just drink exactly. and I was just eating. Exactly. I was eating because it felt good. It, it just good. felt good to eat something very tasty over and over again. It, it was fun because I didn't have a lot of outlets for fun mm-hmm. because the way our household was constructed, I was kind of limited and kind of handcuffed. And that's, that's very tough for a teenager <laughs> because you're a boy, you're not a man, mm. you're a girl, you're not a woman, right. you know, how, how it goes. But so that was my kind of issue was kind of seeing the people I love the most self-destruct themselves. And uh, that was hard. That was hard to witness that. And um, I like to think I made it through, but um, it took me time to research and educate myself. And even when my sophomore year 
it, that was pretty much the tipping point when I realized I had to make a change because I'm going up four flights of stairs for one of my history classes in college and I'm out of wind. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking around to my classmates and they're drinking water and they their face is not beat red like mine is. They're not yeah. huffing and puffing. And I'm like, why are they not drinking Sprite? You know, it's so tasty <laughs> and everybody's drinking water. And um, I felt embarrassed. Right. And then um, it started coming up in my mind. became self-aware. Yeah. It, started, it yeah. just dawned on yeah. me. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing how you just have that uh, aha moment. Uh -huh. and, um, and, and, and plus a girl, you know, was uh, pretty much in the mix in terms of my thinking. Dating because will do all kinds of things for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> The things we'll do for women, <laughs> even when the women don't even realize you exist, that that was part of the catalyst the too. <laughs> was I wanted to press this girl in in one of the summer classes I was taking it was a Spanish class. I was trying to expedite, you know, the process and try to get out of college faster. So I would take summer classes, and I saw this girl, and I was just kind of smitten with her, even though I didn't know who she was. I was just putting her on a pedestal, but. Um, she was fuel for me right. because I realized looking the way I did, um, I have to look, you know, like I love myself. And at the time I didn't. So I just remember purging my refrigerator of all the junk food and my, my cabinets. And I bought everything the next day of everything I perceived to be healthy. And probably about 75% mm, of it was, mm -hmm. but, you know, I was still uh, falling know. in those... Uh, traps with getting the the chocolate shakes and all that stuff and there's probably good ones better ones out there but i think i was getting like the slim fast crap and well, you know, it's got tons of sugar you don't so. you don't know you don't know what you're buying you don't know what you never ate healthy you've not been taught the right way you don't right. know what the hell you're doing and then you go and you get the best things that you possibly can get and you keep learning from there you know absolutely like, think the way I'm perfect. I'm, you know, and I'm learning all the time that my body can and can't handle this particular food. And it, you know, it all started with just saying, well, I'm going to have a healthy choice meal at lunch today and cut back calories mm -hmm. here. You got to start learning somewhere. Fill your cart full of slim fast if you have to. Just don't stop learning. Just yeah. keep going. That's, that's what I've learned. Everybody wants the perfect oh, plan. Yes. And this has kind of been of a life thing, too, for me. Because I'm one of those people. I want to make sure that I have everything plotted ahead of time. <laughs> and and I account for every move on the board. And, you know, I'm thinking two steps back, two steps mm -hmm. forward, whatever. I'm thinking ahead of time. And it's the old uh, saying, paralysis by analysis. And I definitely suffer from that. And... I'm trying to apply my weight loss success to life yes. success because it's very easy to be like, oh, I can't go in this career because I have to get X, Y, and Z. And you, you can get lost in the details, but sometimes you just got to start. Starting's half the mm -hmm. battle is just getting that momentum yeah. and then building from that and being consistent. It takes a lifestyle change for everything just i mean where starts with your mind like we've been talking about and you just mm -hmm. for me it was like i had to stop myself and quit thinking so far ahead and stop with the worry and stop with all the stuff and realize that i know nothing 
And I had to go back, and this is why I hate diet culture so much, because everybody wants to prepackage something for themselves, and I was there too. But I went back to all my little prepackaged universal, this should work for everybody, and it doesn't thing. And, and I picked from those things what I learned, what did work for me. Well, I learned in one diet plan, I can eat bananas and not lose weight when I always, and lose weight when I always thought that I couldn't have fruit before. And so different things I picked up and learned from and decided I'm going to pick these little things apart and I'm going to apply these to myself now to make myself feel better. And then we're going to keep going from here and just listen to my body. I sat in the parking lot at work after I had um, looked at one of my friends and said, I, you know, I'm not dieting another day. And I just began to try to change my lunch patterns and eat one vegetarian meal a day and just to help myself on the inside. And I was sitting in the parking lot in my car and I thought, well, what's the next step? And I heard nothing like, you know, you kind of get like a sign or if you, you just have an intuition or you start seeking and you, and you get into your mind and you're like, so what do I need to do next? And you can usually pull that out of you. And nothing came. And I thought, okay, well, I need to be still. And I decided that that's the time that I needed to learn to be in the moment. And I took, it's a probably a good month before I took another step and decided to start counting my calories to have portion control and eat better foods to fuel myself better. And learning to be in the moment during that month helped me so much to be able to go into eating and not look at each meal as a battle or each meal as a journey or each week have to meal prep and do all this stuff. I was able to take it one single meal at a time, one single day at a time. Um, yeah, but the goal is just to start yeah. somewhere and not get so lost in perfectionism yes. because it's really a process. Anything that is worth anything in life is a process. Anything that matters is a Anything process. Anything worth having is not easy. Getting Absolutely. fat is easy. And yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very easy to do, as we all know. You could work for an entire year and you can undo that work in a month mm -hmm. or two's time. Um, it's definitely happened to us. And we'll definitely talk about that down the road. But for me, I was just, w whatever reason... There was probably a multitude of reasons why I did what I did. Even when we're talking about unrequited love, and it wasn't even love. It was just uh, just me being smitten and, and, and intrigued. But, you know, I decided to be more attractive. <laughs> I, this was what I was going to have to do. And uh, that was a huge motivating thing for me to be visible. Because in high school, I just kind of skirted through and... Um, I wasn't the most popular kid, but at the same time, I was very well liked by oh, everybody, yeah. got along with everybody, but I never dated. And part of that is just my personality. I just like to be private. I don't like to be talked about. And obviously, you know, we were all a tight knit group, about 32 of us. And so it was very easy for word to spread around and people to get talking about it and um that wasn't anything i was interested in but i at the same time i just i was kind of a little bit of a late bloomer 
and I realized I had to take better care of myself. I wasn't really aware of how I was dressing or presenting myself, but I knew the key ingredient was getting in better mm-hmm. shape. And it helped. Didn't solve no, everything, no. but it certainly helped. Yeah. And um, learned to love myself along the way, but it wasn't done perfectly. Uh, you could probably argue I went and exercise excessively i would run two times a day my caloric limit was probably really 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 low um a lot lower than a male uh should be we're talking about maybe a thousand calories or below on top of running um wow yeah on top of running (laughs) yeah so i was pretty much torturing myself but yeah i was but again my approach in the beginning was what I yeah. thought what was well, required. I mean, it kind of was, but the execution was yes. wrong, I think. I was hungry but, a lot in the beginning. I mean, I tried eating like somebody who had had weight loss surgery, basically. That yeah. didn't last long. You know, like when mm-hmm. I really started calorie restricting, I, it, it's a game. You have to keep a hold of yourself. You have to remember. You have to have fuel to survive and it's a learning thing just like you said you know you started out hey i'm exercising too much you learn from that now and i, I mean Absolutely. i just kind of learned the same lesson myself you know like i didn't realize what i was doing and then when i stepped back and said i'm gonna step back this week it was a much better week you know right i didn't try to out exercise mm-hmm. my diet yeah <laughs> it's kind of you have to become that person mm-hmm. That you want to oh be. Oh my gosh, you do. And uh, it's an inward and to become that outer person, you have to become that inner person. And the only way you become all those things combined is through trial Absolutely. and error, is through failure and getting back on and doing it again. It's uh, it's a process you really have to learn by trial and error that's the only way to do it just by doing it and then learning what works for you and what doesn't but as you've mentioned before with diet culture they're looking for that quick um foolproof fast microwave sort of way Mm -hmm. to lose weight and really it's just Mm -hmm. science and a lot of people God bless vegans and vegetarians. Oh, yeah. If that's what you want to do, great. Um, but but food has almost become a religion in terms of how we get so argumentative about what works. Okay. And here's what works. It's what wor- works exactly. for you. So what may work for you may not work for the next person. So while mm. you are on your you know, high horse about the virtues of veganism, and while that's great and environmentally friendly and all that happy um, at the end of the day, is is what works yeah. for you and what feels There's good to fat you and what out you there. notice. Because you don't eat meat, don't mean you're going to lose weight. Does not mean exactly. you're healthy. And all it boils down to, and what I didn't realize at the time, I was had the right idea, but it was excessive. I was putting it into overdrive, and it wasn't really sustainable. Right. I probably sustained it for about a year or two, and because I didn't learn the right way to do it you know, and life happens and all that sort of thing. I fell back into gaining weight, but 
when I gained the weight back is because I was fat and happy and then I tried to lose it and got sad and lost a job. And then, so I've kind of cycled um, quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Weight gain so, is a very emotional um, thing. I, you know, I, oh, I see all yeah. these skinny people, you know, and they go through their things and I'm like, you know, I'm glad you can eat that chocolate cake. Cause I sure can't, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's um it, it just took a while to learn, you know, and research right. what it takes to 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 do it healthy and sustainable. But it's okay for the message for the folks who are struggling, don't get so no. consumed about doing it the right way. Right. Figure out Oh my gosh, I I ate cookies. What's working consistently for you? I ate cookies and I blew it. I ate, you know, I now I just I just can't mm-hmm. do anything. And that's your self-worth speaking. Like, you got to get that under control. You have got to realize that you are a human being who is worth what you, you know, to keep going. It's, it's you're worth what you put in your mouth. And if you're putting junk in your mouth and you think you're worth junk and you need to quit being worth junk and realize you're worth a salad, you know, and it, it's a very hard place to come to. I didn't realize I was had body dysmorphia. I did not realize I didn't have all this self-worth. I thought I was a pretty confident person. And no, I was not. And just so many emotional things that go along with that. And depression, like you said, and things like that. Once once you're laying in the bed all day, well, what the heck's the point now? You know? And you just keep going Mm -hmm. and cycling. And now you have stepped back and you have learned that that's a depression problem. So what are you going to do next time you get depressed? You know, that's that's where you start. Mm -hmm. That's where you keep learning and you keep self-evaluating. You go back and you learn your lessons from each thing that you do. It doesn't just have to apply to weight loss. You got to fix other things in your life too, because you got to learn how to focus on yourself and deal with yourself. Ooh, that's powerful stuff, man. I got chills <laughs> when you mentioned that just now. It, really it is, is the, the truth. truth. And I've had to really stop and look at myself. I have a really interesting, like meltdown style transformation story that I have to go into at another time. But it really is looking at yourself seeing your worth, learning your lessons, and seeing who you are and who you want to be. And once you grasp that person, you've got it. And you just keep focusing on who that person is. I kept telling myself, I see her. I catch her a glimpse of her. You know, you catch yourself a glimpse in the mirror sometimes. You think, oh, damn, I'm fine. And then you turn back around. You're like, oh, I'm a mess. You know, well, when you see yourself and you say, damn, I'm fine, there you go. That's the person you're looking for. That's the person you're going to become. If she's there, he's there. You just have to keep it in mind and grasp it that they're waiting on you to catch up to them. Ooh, man, I had to sit on that for a minute. That's powerful <laughs> stuff. You are you are at the you're more the church of Amy right now. I so, was raised by a pastor. Yeah, I don't even think we mentioned. <laughs> I could definitely uh, see the influence there. And um, so, yeah, um, definitely a very poignant point there. And um, so while I went excessively into it to press a girl and, and to look and feel better, yes, there was a finished product, but I, I didn't learn how to do it appropriately, you know, properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now 
my general approach, if we fast forward to the present day, and of course a lot's happened from then to now, but my whole approach now is just try to simplify things. If, if you're really running into a rut, don't overcomplicate your right. exercising or, or what you're eating. Just realize, you know, for some people... You may want to try counting calories at first just so you can get a visual. Mm-hmm. Not not like to punish yourself like I'm in this restrictive <laughs> box forever. No. No, no. The no. idea is to get you a sense of how much you're mm-hmm. actually eating. It's an educational tool. Mm-hmm. It's the mindset thing because people look at, oh, God, I can only have 1,800 calories and I'm going to be stuck with this for life. Don't think about it that way. Think about it as, okay, I have a budget, and it's almost like a budget for money, fiscally, you know, speaking It's your daily allowance. It's your daily allowance. It's no different from when you get paid on a Friday. Um, How am I going to allocate this money responsibly? And the same way it can be done with food. You can still have pizza, you can still have what you like, but you're going to realize if when, once you start counting your calories, how calorically dense those foods are without, um, you know, without giving the nutrition that you right. need. Now, it, you may need to eat it to fuel your soul because you got to yeah. feed your soul, but you'll, but it's, it's done just to kind of see, okay, well, I can have pizza, but I can't have a whole pie. But I can have two or three slices and have a balanced, it's a more balanced approach. Just the same way if you got paid, uh, you know, you shouldn't probably buy a PS4, but maybe you right. put a savings for the PS4 as opposed to buying it outright. Then you're short on rent and then you're short on um, distributing to your 401k or allocating your money for your gas or your groceries that you need throughout the week. So it's just, it's think about it as an educational tool, not as uh, as this deprivational thing. Say your caloric budget, you set it for 1600 calories. Well, you don't want to go to Zaxby's and grab yourself a wings or things that's like 1,200 calories before your drink, mind you, because drinks have calories. And, you know, you've spent your daily budget in one trip, and you're going to be starving later because it's not a nutritionally dense food. Or you can grab yourself a salad for five or 700 calories and hit the road and still have enough to eat dinner later if you're in that kind of a pinch that day. You know, of course, taking your meals to work with you or whatever is always the best option to be able to eat more. But you have got to think. And every restaurant has all their calories on their boards. They have apps. Domino's, you can build your pizza and count your calories as you build your dang pizza. And they'll tell you per slice, you know, what you built. And it's just, you can always get around. Eating out is not the best idea, but you can always get around those things. And figure out how your body works with that. I know if I eat at Wendy's, I'm going to put on weight no matter what I eat. It is high, it, I guess it's high in cheese or sodium or something's going on with it. Because I bloat with it. I can go to Crystal's and eat. If I'm in a pinch, you know, not on a daily thing. And I could eat there and I don't have any problem with the, with the bloating. So, you know, you learn as you go along. And you don't have to be restricted to meal prepping and eating organically. 
but it's always good to keep in mind what you're putting in your body and what and how many calories you need to fuel your fuel yourself correctly. Right. You know, and and, and that's at least how yeah. I think about things. People may go about it differently, but you know, currently going back to right now, I'm just intuitively eating. That's wonderful. That's you know, where I'm at. And mm-hmm. I'm not because I know what's calorically mm-hmm. dense and what's lacking, you know, just high in calories, but has just no value in terms of uh, satiation and et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, counting calories is beneficial because it's an educational tool, but after you do it a while, then you can kind of, you don't have to start typing in thing, things, right. you know, you can start That's when you can start intuitively. intuitively. Yeah. yeah. And so I've, decided to keep it simple if i'm hungry i eat i don't i don't eat and you know and and try to eat to max capacity where i got that full disgusted feeling um it's just about if i want to have pizza i'll have some and i'll and i'll chew it and um and i'll do it slowly to savor each you know bite and, and things like that so it's trial and error. It's figuring out what's going to work for you and not beating yourself mm-hmm. up, uh, you know, when you do fall or it's just a matter of just doing what feels good and what feels yeah. maintainable and what you really and truly notice uh, is working for you. And you have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes people can't because of uh, neuroses or whatever is going mm-hmm. on. Um, in the brain and that's when you consult with a medical professional and you really kind of get down and dirty with that because you know uh, sometimes that's what it takes it really takes fixing your mind and your whole approach before you can even begin to see sustainable success you can crash diet you can do the cookie diet or you can do the potato (laughs) diet that military Beyonce did once (laughs) yeah Beyonce did some sort of cabbage oh diet, uh, steamed cabbage no, diet didn't. for she had shows. A chef's cooking for her. <laughs> I'm sure right. she's well, up her house with cabbage. <laughs> but but you see this stuff on People magazine, yeah, and yeah, then people exactly. see somebody like Beyonce, and they oh, let Beyonce have to go on the cabbage diet for the next four days, and they're going crazy, and yeah, they lose weight, but it's not. It's not a lifestyle change. Sustainable weight loss. I mean, yeah, it's not a lifestyle How does change. a person think that, I'm, when, when I talk about a lot of weight loss, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about somebody that runs up and down 10 or 15 pounds. This is more, you know, large weight loss. How in the world could I possibly think I'm going to do this military diet for the next six months and lose 100 pounds and then go back to my normal way of living? Because my normal way of living is right. where it got me here. So after that, then well, how am I going to sustain that? You know, it's, it's a, these are the questions that the diet culture doesn't tell us to ask. It's right here, right now, lose this weight now. When I'll have, well, I'll get finished taking this pill and I'll be skinny. Well, then, when your appetite right. returns, what are you going to do? You've learned nothing. Yeah. And you have to realize that's a learning mm-hmm. experience as we've already kind of drilled down for the last 15 <laughs> minutes. It really is. But people don't. <laughs> I know we get, on, we get on a high horse, but, but it's true. People hear it. People do not hear it. I tell mm-hmm. people, you have to educate yourself. You have to eat a caloric deficit. And then they come back to me and say, well, I tried intermittent fasting and I've not lost any weight in two weeks. And I'm like, did you eat at a caloric deficit? They only hear what they want to hear. So sometimes it's you have to drill things in. You have to, 
look, you have to educate yourself. Just because you graduate high school or college and you got your diplomas and your little things hanging on the wall don't mean you got to stop learning. Don't mean you know everything. You know, obviously, you, I didn't know what the heck and you didn't know what the heck because we were both very large people. So we obviously had to keep learning at some point on how to fix this, you know, and how to change your life. If it's not working, stop doing it. If that, if you've been right. taking these pills for years and you keep going on the same cycle and you're back with square one, then obviously it doesn't work. Let's move forward and try something new and quit doing what mass media and, and the marketing companies I'll brainwash you to do. Well, yeah. I mean, regardless if it's weight loss or we're talking about materialism, oh, yeah. um, you know, the media, they're wanting you to feel inadequate. But if you get this new product, you get this new service, talking about cars, you know, luxury cars, for example, like people go into debt buying new cars all the time because they want to have the newest high end stuff just to show off. Um, they're they're trying to show you what you can have and what mm -hmm. you don't have. And they're, they're trying to make you feel inadequate because you need this mm -hmm. product. You need, this is going to change your life. Um, they're, they're not in there to really help you. They're there to push a product. And so there's, there's that awareness that needs to be created mm -hmm. and the honesty that you Absolutely. need to have with yourself. And that's why I always say, Sometimes if you've been deep in it for a long time, that's probably when you need to consult with yeah. help. And that's never a bad option is you got to fix what's in here. You got to look into your life and what's happened and why do you keep doing these things right. over and over again? And sometimes it's about breaking, people can't, <laughs> no, it's go about, ahead. No, it's about ahead. being self-aware. It's about ad identifying your patterns and breaking those patterns. It's about not saying this is what I always done, but learning that, that there's something new that you can do. And there, I, I went into so much self-help for a good three months before I ever changed my diet. You know, I said, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to diet another day. My friend looks at me like, oh, my God, but you're so big. And, and she just wasn't understanding what I was saying. I was taking this time to stop and to mentally prepare myself for what I was about to do to myself, you know, and I didn't know exactly what was coming. I just knew I was at this place and I was going to sit in it and I was going to figure it out. Self-help is essential. It is essential to your life. Everyone, if you can't afford therapy, you need to have self-help. That's just how it is. I didn't have access to therapy, so I helped myself. And learning about patterns, learning about repeating patterns. And um, people talk about karma as a bitch and it's going to get you. The Hindus don't, it's not necessarily that way with them. And learning what they believed that karma was, I realized I was just inflicting pain on myself over and over and over again by not learning my daggum lesson and getting off that hamster wheel and stop running it. You know, and then when I finally got there and, and realized this and started moving forward, you know, then, then your mind starts to change and you start to understand why you have a caloric budget. Where's your why? You know, you, you start to learn why you're doing these things and you figure them out. You start to feel better and suddenly your life begins to change. Amy, do you, do you have a single moment, do you think, uh, that you can recall when it all began for you that really was the catalyst for, for you kind of going into the cycle? Um, when I first... 
when I first realized I was gaining weight, I was at a club, and then I was a raver. Oh, wow. Like, I had my glitter on, and my tank top, and my pigtails. Yeah, I was at the club, at the music and house all? music. Oh, wow. And <laughs> glow sticks and all. Uh, totally wild, yeah. And there was floor-length mirrors. And I was like, what the hell? I looked in the mirror, and I seen my back. And I thought, what the hell? I knew I had a little a belly going on, but I did not realize how I had gained weight from head to toe. And did I stop there? No. No, because I did not have the self-worth. I was at this club dancing, trying to have a good time with no self-worth, <laughs> you know. And over, and it just, you know, kept piling on over time. As far as up until now, it was a lot of yo-yoing and a lot of just really finding myself. but. In that moment, I had already um, began self-help when that one moment came where it was just like I had to step over a line and I prepared my space and it's just, it's just a whole story that I would have to tell and don't really want to go into yeah. it right now, but um, yeah, it was totally different. I came, when I had that moment, I stepped out of it and... I kind of thought, I am different now. I drew a line. I made a decision. And a lot of tears were shed. And it was a, a very emotional 15 minutes. But it happened. And ever since then, I've been totally different. And I've been seeing myself, like I talked about earlier, in the future tense. I keep catching. I know where she is. I know what she looks like. I know what she's doing. And I'm on my way. I'm 20 right. pounds away. <laughs> You know, I'm like, she's right there. Do you remember what was going on in your life at the time, um, you know, prior to that moment at the rave? Um, this sounds so generic, but I was just really happy with where I was in my life at that time. Like, maybe not with myself, but everything outside of me. Um, I made transitions and I, I worked hard to make transitions. And, and I have a, a good husband. I went into the relationship with him knowing that what I was working for and if he didn't suit that and then I had to hurt my feelings to let him go I was just going to because I needed I knew at that time in my life I needed to do what I needed to do as we began to date and he has made me just if, if a woman has a good partner she'll do anything she will complete she can she can conquer the world for you and for herself and he is the one who started showing me that I had worth and I, I came to a place where I wanted to live for him. And I knew I would not make it to be an old lady the size that I was. And as much as I started doing this for him, it's now about me. Yeah. I know it sounds, and I, I don't want to be like, my husband did this for me. It's not like that. You know, it's just, I found someone yeah. to care about. No, that, that, that's huge. It's the relationships that we have. And I think what you're saying is while you didn't do it solely for him, but he was part of the equation right. and that is, that's perfectly healthy. Absolutely. Now, if it was more on the spectrum of codependency, you know, on the far end, then, you know, you're just right. trying to please yeah. him and, and do everything. And obviously no, no, we're no, not. No. Yeah. But that, that's no, good. No, no, no. Uh -uh. Because it was about so, me. Yeah. yeah. Definitely about me mm -hmm. because I was happy. You know. And because you were happy with him, it 
made you want to look down the road and be like, I want to spend the rest of my life with this guy. And I want to be there for him. And plus, he he eats such small portions. <laughs> really? He's like a bird? And I felt, yes, yes. I, I was like, I'm, I come from a family where we eat a lot. And we eat three meals, and we eat three big meals, and we have snacks, and we drink a lot of soda and stuff. And, and he's like, oh, I can't eat that much. You know, I'll be sick all night if I eat that much. And I'm like, how are you not starving? And I started to watch him eat, and I realized what I doing was not normal. To, to p- put things in perspective here, and we didn't talk about this in the beginning, um, of course, Amy me being Graham here, uh, we're both, <laughs> we're both from, yeah, first day, first, first day. day on the job here, folks, bear with us here. We're not professionals. Um, uh, but no, we're both from Tennessee and, um, at least you're, you're originally from Tennessee, Amy. Okay. I just want to, okay. Yes. Yes. The thing yes. about the South is we eat, we find excuses to eat. Right um, absolutely. If we're sad, funeral we're eating we're getting down we we graduation we're well, getting down we're eating uh holidays yeah all you gotta do is walk in my grandma's house she'll absolutely pop up a and it's just <laughs> it's just this cultural thing and being from the south uh, we eat a lot of food that's you know mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese collard greens and fried chicken and Lard. good stuff you know you know have from time to time <laughs> but you know it'd be a slap to grandmama's face if you didn't eat some of her chitlins or whatever was cooking up in the kitchen you know yes. so sausage <laughs> gravy you know all that good stuff. Uh-huh. So just to put in the context, well, just, we're both from the South. And where's your husband originally from? Here. He's from here, too. Yes. We are all, yeah, Southern. But, you know, he's a little guy. So he just. Yeah, that's know, that's interesting because most of us do. You go to a Walmart and you, you see that. <laughs> no, not judging. We just like to get down <laughs> and eat, you know, just kind of our culture. Uh, well, I mean, and to go along with that, I was, I went to my mamaw's house Wednesday and she said, you know, and I, I eat before I go because there ain't nothing healthy. There ain't nothing over there that I'm going to want to eat. You know, I'm like, I don't work out to go over here and eat your gravy and biscuits, you know, although I'd love to, but that's another day. Um, I got there and she said, do we have some gravy and biscuits in here and some sausage? Let me heat it up for you. And I said, no, mamaw, I no. And she goes, <laughs> no, no. I'll never hear from you anymore is no. And I'm like, well, I just ate. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you would love but, nothing more to eat it, but at the same time, you have your goals, and it's not anything against your mamaw. Uh, that's that's another thing in the South. We don't oh, really yeah. say grandpa, grandpa. We say meemaw, mamaw, and all that stuff. So you have to get mamaw. used to it, folks. Uh, I like to think of myself as an educational <laughs> gentleman, but sometimes I, I bust out the y'all and certain words. You know, it's not wednesday it's wednesday it's it's gonna happen so we're a little country fried here no i i ain't about to go that far wednesday (laughs) sometimes i go that way just i don't know um if i get liquored up you know that's that's kind of what happens so but that's the unlocking the obese mind podcast is you're gonna hear our voices and sometimes our inflections you know it comes out so just uh hang in there (laughs) um yeah, I think it's charming. It's, it's charming. Uh, if it's, it's overdone, charming. it becomes a little cartoonish. It's a caricature of a uh, Southern, you know, especially mm-hmm. women who 
put it over the top, but a nice subtle Southern yeah. accent is probably one of the most comforting <laughs> things uh, to me, at least anyway. But again, there's yeah. a social pressure of, you know, whether it be with our family, they start noticing that right. we're trying to change and trying to buck the system and they'll be like oh well you're too good to eat this and i definitely face that through my myriad <laughs> of cycles of health and fitness and and what i would bring to lunch and yeah i used to work in a team environment with many different people in many different departments and we would all kind of uh, meet in the lunchroom and then they would see what i was eating and be like oh mm-hmm. look at you eating healthy and then it's kind of a mixture of yeah. criticism and praise, and um, yes. there are just all these social implications when people realizing you're trying to change. And some people feel they all got an opinion, whether it be positive or negative. And so that will be a topic for another day that we can really extrapolate <laughs> and expound upon, and that's a whole oh other thing is – we could do a whole podcast oh, on the things people say. Oh, God, say. yeah. It's, it's only the beginning here. And, and of course, the first <laughs> couple episodes are just going to become an overview of our backgrounds. But definitely, that is a specific right. topic we can go really in depth in and um, has mm-hmm. all sorts of mental implications uh, based upon what these people say yes. to us. And it, yeah, you got to watch what you say. Watch what you say to people. Even when you yep. think you're helping, you're not. Yep. Shut up. Absolutely. I think that is uh, pretty sage (laughs) wisdom. But obviously, going back to the topic that we were talking about, um, positive relationships. And I think what really helped me, too, um, was getting a relationship of my own when I found my wife. And, of course, she helped me get fat because I was such in a (laughs) deprivation mode. And plus, I was poor and I was living off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the typical poor college kid yeah noodles. and i would eat that <laughs> stuff because it would keep me full you know um for hours on end but mm-hmm. again not healthy still eating an excess amount of sugar but i was dropping a lot mm-hmm. of weight met her yeah. fell in love got self-worth was fed ballooned up but again i did because i didn't i was doing so you know i was going to so many extremes to lose it that it wasn't sustainable so I, I cycled back and forth, but the point is how I can arrive today and kind of be confident in my skin is because somebody loves me. And um, and yeah. is that in conjunction with education and being easy with yourself Absolutely. or gentle with yourself, I should say, that that's, mm-hmm. that's the key to unlocking all this, folks, is, is getting to yes. that place of self-love and having a supportive community and if you don't have those things, you may mm-hmm. want to address that first and, and, and before yeah. you really head in deep, you know, because you can try all the crash diets yes. and all in the world. But really, mm-hmm. this thing is, you know, losing weight is simple. We've beat it over your head for the last hour of what yeah. the truth is. Some people, intermittent fasting helps, pescatarian, veganism, vegetarianism. Whatever it is, whatever suits your life. Whatever suits your life. But uh, people go Mm -hmm. such extremes. They go for perfectionism, and we go on social media, and we try to model our lives after people's highlights. And 
there's enough minutia out there to get lost in all of it because weight loss at its core is very, very, very simple. But what makes it difficult is the mind. And that's why we call this podcast the Unlocking the Obese Mm -hmm. Mind podcast because the obese mind is a mind that we have fed all these abundance (laughs) of lies. We've we we've told ourselves that we don't matter, we're insignificant, we're losers, we're we can't be loved. Always gonna why? be this why bother? Way, so why why bother? Absolutely. I, so it's bother? just what the media tells us, what we tell ourselves, the negative people in our life, it's the bad stuff that causes an obese mind, an overflooded mind, a mind that mm-hmm. is not healthy. The key to unlocking on that mm-hmm. is love and acceptance and understanding and, and being gentle yes. with yourself. And it takes learning. It takes takes seeking out tools on how to do that. It, you just don't wake up one day and say, hmm, I think I'm going to love myself today. And you just manage to love yourself that day. You know, I get up in the morning and I listen to affirmations. I am this. I am that. I am, I, you know, positivity and things like that that go through even though I don't necessarily hear it, it's playing and it does set my foot off, you know, going right on the day. As I sleep at night, I listen to affirmations about weight loss, especially when I struggle because feeding your mind is the key to everything. And any way that you can feed, if I watched a documentary on on Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it well, it it was, uh, yeah. And I learned the doll came before the cartoon. And that told me that they gave me the cartoon to, to brainwash my little kid mind into getting my mommy to buy me the He-Man action figures. Love me some He-Man Absolutely. and She-Ra. It's awesome on. stuff. Castle, you know? Grayskull, all that. And yep. I thought, yes, <laughs> by the power of it. But, you know, and then, but when I turned it around and looked at, looked at that from a different angle, well, why can't I feed myself to accomplish my goals? And I had another, um, I have an influencer I follow, and he said, you feed yourself every day with what you want to be. Keep your head in the game. Listen to people who have been there. Read articles, you know, and and things like that. So I began to do that. And it does keep your head in the game. You have to be educated. And then once you become educated, it gives you the tools to learn how to give yourself some worth and some grace and some love. And it teaches you to be gentle with yourself. It's just not something you just inherently yeah, know how to do absolutely. one day. Absolutely, and we've definitely had to learn that through our respective journeys, and that's what it is. And it, the journey begins with the first step. Mm-hmm. My father would always tell me that, but um, there's a lot of truth in it. As much as I hate hearing it, sometimes you know, <laughs> it is. the thick of things, it and is. you feel like you're lost and you're stumbling, and you know, it's the Thomas Edison thing of trying a thousand times, mm-hmm. and uh, with the light bulbs, yeah, trial and error, definitely. And um, for you, it took you to be in healthy relationships. Um, You know, I'm not completely aware of your family dynamic, but uh, could you go into a little bit of details about that, about what your home life was kind of like? We kind of touched upon it earlier, but what was what was (laughs) life with your parents like? And, And before you go into it, this is not meant to. Um, be overly negative towards them. It's just a matter of yeah. being truthful and being honest to how it affected you. No, it, it it's 
And, you know, I don't want anybody to hear it and hear what I say and think, oh my gosh, she thinks so badly about her parents or anything. It's not like that. You know, it's that we've all been including our parents. And yeah, I mean, it's like my friend said, I'm screwing my kid up and he'll screw <laughs> his kid up. You know, it's just how things go. You know, we all just try our best. But um, yeah, I, I, my parents married young, 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 divorced very young. Um, and then uh, I had a father that was in and out for, there's a multitude of reasons. And um, I've accepted and understood and forgave. At the so time, though, feel, it was a void in your life. At the time, it was very much, very much so. And when you're raising a home, okay, I'm raising a home with my mom and my stepdad, who I called dad, who I love dearly, dearly, looks look up to him so much. Um, but I wasn't like them. <laughs> you know, they're not very active people. They're not, and my genetics are active. And it was always such a struggle because I would see kids playing ball in the front yard with their dad, and I didn't have that. And that's what I needed, you know, where my dad, like, you know, he'd sit and watch TV and be happy with that. And if I, if I watched TV with him, to him, that was quality time. But he didn't understand that that wasn't for me, and nor did my mom. And so I always felt different, and I never did quite feel um, apart, you know, as a kid. And um, And a lot of that came, you know, from the rejection of my biological father and not understanding his place, you know, cause you're a kid and you're just like, they just don't want me. And it's a lot bigger than that, you know, but, um, and carried that with me throughout. And I was also taught, um, one of, one of my parents was always, you know, I don't be rejected, you know, don't give yourself the chance to be rejected. Like, um, if you don't give so much of yourself, no one can take so much from you. And so it's, it was a big protection thing, you know, always try to appear more educated than what you are. You know, you need to look a certain way and be a certain way because it keeps you from being rejected. Well, I was already being rejected. So, you know, it's such a turmoil, such a thing. And it really just got, you know, in all these things you think, you grow up from zero to seven years old, and that's when you really make your decisions on who you're going to be in life. And, well, there where I was in that kind of situation. So who am I? I really didn't know. And went throughout my life just knowing that I didn't need to be rejected. You know, I needed to be accepted. And I um, ended up, in the long run, really just working against me and causing me to retreat inward even more, especially as an adult, you know, so learning how to overcome those things was an educational process and also a lot of self-realization to step back and say, you know, you're really closed off and people really don't know you, you know, and the friends I have had since high school, I just now feel like I'm really touching uh, some really deep, good friendship levels with some of these women and I've left that I've loved for years because I've always had walls up. And that's part of the, the weight gain is putting those walls up and it's protecting yourself. You know, never right. be rejected. Because you were first rejected by your never. father and that kind of carried over and or what you perceived, and, yeah. you know, or, or well, what was then, happening, excuse me. Yeah, and my stepdad, yeah, my stepdad, the man that raised me, he, um, he was also like that with his father in and out. And so me and him, we had lot, lots of long conversations about what that was like. 
and we both were the same, you know, seen it the same. Just, you know, don't give anybody else the chance right. to reject you. And you just, and it, but that, that's a whole different world of pain that just spawns into something else. But, uh, I mean, I had a happy childhood. You know, we had a very balanced life. We ate at home. Um, I wasn't necessarily taught how to eat, but um, it wasn't like we were very, um, I, I said we eat like a lot of big meals. That happened more as an adult, but growing up, you know, things were a little bit tighter. Um, and a very loving home, very, very great parents that would do any, anything for me. And that's probably part of the reason too. <laughs> that's a little bit of laziness there, you know? Uh, but yeah, I grew up and graduated high school and made it, made it through. And, um, I wish that I hadn't carried those beliefs about myself because I think I could have been a lot different as an adult and carried a lot of different things with me through adulthood. That's another day, another time. but. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I hope. No, I no, I, I, I certainly understand. So pretty much, so as you were saying here, um, pretty much what it sounds like to me is like, luckily you had some sort of father figure in your life that stepped in and he obviously did mm -hmm. a great job, but obviously he suffered from the same fate, not having a father in his life. So he kind of commiserated with you about it and he was there and did a lot of positive things but maybe the message probably wasn't perfect. The message of, wasn't received. It wasn't correctly, received po correctly. Possibly by yeah. you. Um, and I think I think he lived. I mean, he's passed away now. I think he lived pretty bound by that too. And I would, I would love to see him now becoming unbound. You know, I don't feel like he made it far enough in life to see that. But um, he's he passed away at forty five. But that's just, it's, it's being taught to build your walls high. You know, I, I said to my, my mom not too long ago, these people are getting to know me too well. Maybe time for me to move on. And when that came out of my mouth, it slapped me back in the face. This is what you're trying not to do. You know, you're going to dig your heels in. You're going to create these relationships. You're going to keep going. And she says, yeah, you probably should. And I was just like, oh. There's that rejection again. There's my failure, and I can't go there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to rejection, you mentioned kind of building your walls up, and obviously that affected, you know, mm -hmm. with your eating habits because you didn't see any need to change because you realized while people saw right. you, they didn't exactly see you in a particular way. So when you ate, you know, to yeah. excess and you were getting weight, nobody was going, you, you weren't a target. And what I mean by target was, no. um, something to be, nobody would take advantage of me because they're probably you're not still beautiful, but obviously at the time you, you are heavier, but inside your mind, it's a way mm -hmm. to put up walls. So nobody approaches you. Nobody yes. does anything to you. Um, you know, you kind of set these, you set this wall also like, in between. And gets caring about yourself and, and even looking at yourself and, or me looking at myself and saying, well, I'm worth a healthy life and understanding what that, what that correlation is to a fat body and a healthy mm -hmm. life, you know, an unhealthy life. 
you just never wanted to be a target, you know, and so that's why you kind of right. overindulged and you realized that as long as you were going to look this way, you were going to be protected. You were going to feel good um, doing what you were doing and, or at least why you were doing it. And when you went to the outside world, there was that, that threat was eliminated. So I've struggled a little bit with it um, after having lost the weight. Because I work in, I'm a hairdresser, so, you know, I'm in a salon. I see tons of women every day. I'm friend, I'm not friends, but, you know, I'm, I have uh, social acquaintances with the, the girls I work with, with their clients, you know? And so where I never wanted to be visible, now I'm suddenly visible. And people are coming in, like, look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you. And it makes me sometimes want to just retreat and be like, I need a whole pizza today. I'm looking to, you know, people are noticing me too much. I'm out there too much. And having to learn how to deal with being, I don't want to call it, it feels like a spotlight, even though it's not, because I've always been in the background. And now I'm yeah, up in the course. It's a totally you know? new world. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because people can't help to notice they're going to talk and mm -hmm. they're going to ask questions. And yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to put this in there, but. Like the when people tell me you've always been right. beautiful, I'm like, Shut yeah, I'm pretty. It, everybody comes out with compliments. <laughs> it's like, oh, what did I like a pizza shit before? You know, you've always <laughs> like. <laughs> they mean well, but at the same time, you know, you're just kind of like, really, are we being honest here? Someone, someone said to me, "Oh, girl, you look so healthy." And I said, "I could cry." Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's just like. <sighs> I don't no, know what uh, that's what I usually do, you know, when uh, it comes to that. I don't say, wow, you lost a lot of weight. You know, you look great. I look, you look really happy and healthy because I think that goes as far mm -hmm. beyond what a, you know, self-perceived ideal size is. It's saying you look good regardless of your weight, the way you are happy and mm -hmm. healthy carries mm -hmm. a healthy connotation whereas oh you're so skinny mm -hmm. i think it creates an ideal type when we have so many different sizes and shapes that are beautiful and that attract different mm -hmm. people it's not necessarily the standard the media has a standard but really it's in the eye of the beholder and what makes you feel good and makes you feel empowered and to me the better compliment in that situation is, wow, you look so happy and healthy. How could you take that or misconstrue that as being inappropriate? You know what I mean? And, you know, of course, that was some powerful stuff that you mentioned. <laughs> and um, I've yo-yoed like anybody else. And sometimes that's what it takes um, to really be successful is just kind of failing a whole lot and then kind of figuring that aha moment. But for me, I realize I have to figure out this for the long haul and I have to be patient because we always want fast results and um and not just be kind mm -hmm. to myself and realize it's a process it does take a lot of time especially if you've been a heavier person you have more fat cells it's just just a longer process and not get so obsessed yeah. with the number on the scale and use other means pictures measurements other mm -hmm. things uh to aggregate data you know pictures huh. 
if that's any advice I could give anybody, it's don't, right. you know, yeah, weigh yourself. Take your pictures. I mean, I've dropped 12 pounds in one entire size yeah. since I've been that going to the number, gym. If I've been focusing on that not scale, I'd gave up by now. Like, it takes about 3,500 calories excess, you know, to gain a pound of fat. You don't gain seven pounds in a day. A lot of that is just water weight and from water retention. And But people see like, oh, I'm getting fat. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. Your body fluctuates a million times a day. It's a very complex process. But it can mess right. with your head. It messes with mine still to this day. So my whole approach, I Absolutely. just decided one day, okay, I want to lose weight. But I'm not going to put a timetable on it. Some people benefit from that, like, oh, I'm going to give myself six months. I'm going to lose this amount of weight. My thing is, however long it's going to right. take, I'm just going to be consistent because that's what's going to last for a lifetime. Yeah, I wish yes. it would happen tomorrow, but I'm going to I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to keep it simple, stupid, mm -hmm. KISS, K-I-S-S, -S, keep it simple, stupid. And um, that's what I tell myself. Don't yeah. overcomplicate. Don't obsess over numbers. Just eat uh, for satiation, and then just um, just take it easy. You know, if I want to go out and walk, I go out and walk. You know, and um, before my exercise regimen would be just right. lifting weights and trying to hit all these records and being disappointed if I didn't meet my PR that day, mm -hmm. um, just exercising because I want to do it and because I get enjoyment from it. And if I don't get enjoyment from what everybody else is doing, then do something else. There's a multitude of ways to be active and absolutely, absolutely for Changes me. Changes drastically as you go if along. you don't like running on a treadmill, don't run on a treadmill. Don't do it. But if you prefer outside, don't do it. Ways to get outside, you know, walking's better than anything. If I could tell somebody, mm -hmm. okay, I want to be more active, but the gym intimidates yes. me. Okay, we'll address that another time. Let's just get you going here. For me, let's dedicate one day out of the week, thirty minutes of walking. I guarantee you, if you pose that to people who are intimidated by the prospect of exercising, mm -hmm. they're going to be more likely to execute that and adhere to that until they get <laughs> momentum. It's all about yes. creating momentum. Yes. And for me, it's it just is. about scaling back, not getting yes. obsessed over hitting the, 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 the correct ratio of macros or the calories. It's just realizing, okay this has a lot of calories. I'll eat this, but I have to limit what I eat rest of the day. Not do it in an obsessive compulsive way, but just in a realistic way. Yeah. And for me, I'm just taking this approach kind of because I, I know it's about what I can adhere to for the rest of my life. And I don't know if I can see myself pumping iron every other day, mm. hardcore extreme. Maybe here and there if I feel compelled to, but I can see myself hiking and walking long distances and, you know, eating pizza here and there, right. foods I want to eat, but not eating it every day. Bringing my lunch 
most of the day, maybe eating the same things. Right. Some people, it doesn't work eating the same things. For me, I'm more mechanical. Right. It's, I don't really get burned. Yeah. Creature of habit, eat the same food. Creature of habit. Understand <laughs> this is about this much calories. This is what's going to give me yep. the energy that I need. And you just got to figure out what works for you and what works for me. I'm just going to scale back. I'm not going to set a timetable. I'm whatever, how, however long it takes. That's the answer. So however long it takes you. Don't worry about what Joe Bob is doing. Worry about you. Your progress is all that matters. You're going against yourself, if anything. And um, mm. maybe, you know, for me, I'm not a social media guy. Social media, since I dropped it, and obviously I have to get back on it with this podcast, and that's fine. I'm going to have tons of tags. I'm, I'm all right, that girl. You're going to have tons of but tags. For me, I, I just don't spend hours mindlessly just going down and looking at other people's lives unless right. I feel like it empowers me and it's something I enjoy. If, it's, if it gets into the area of vanity and yes. body image and, and things like that, I feel like I tend to start going down that path, that dark path of like, why am I not where they're at? And that's not fair. It's not fair comparison to do that to yourself or for me to do that to myself. So I'll follow, you know, art, you know, people posting art, things that I enjoy, like sports and horror movies and uh, Halloween and and seeing people's art and uh, seeing people go to specific sites and, you know, visit, you know, museums and haunted house attractions and all the stuff, wrestling and all the stuff that I like, I'm going to follow but I'm not going to do anything that diminishes my self-worth. Mm-hmm. I follow people that inspire me. I follow funny pages. It's That's another thing big on social media. And I, when I holler about education, it's also feeding yourself in the correct things. And if you're constantly feeding yourself negativity, then that's what you're going to feel. So, I mean, things like politics and um, unhealthy eating habits and things. I unfollowed. Yeah. You know, keeping yeah, your about face tapping what into what you soul. like and getting more of that because life is tough enough as is. We have full time jobs. You're mm-hmm. working your fingers down the bone trying to do all these yes. multiple layers of hair and coloring and, and snipping and, and all this stuff. It's just <laughs> you, you have a very difficult I've job, as do I. Being in the home inspection industry, it's a 24 7 industry um, in real estate. And we do that Monday through Saturday. Just we do a lot. So the last thing we want to do is really allow mm-hmm. more negativity, more stress. Um, you know, it's called working out. You go to work, but my idea is to make it less about working, doing something fun where you're not thinking about the the work that your body's doing, and that's going to be my approach yeah. and has been my approach since mm-hmm. I started getting back on the quote unquote health train since May. So I've been up and down. It, it's it's mm-hmm. realizing not to beat myself up. You know, if I screw up, realize that life is life. Shit happens for a lack of a better term. You can't put this expectation of Mm -hmm. perfection you'll never maintain it 
and our podcast is really just delving down deep into the mind and just letting all those stuff that weighs us down that doesn't serve us in any mm-hmm. way letting that stuff go and it's the process of healing so that's that's what i like to leave you folks yes. with today um yes. amy thank you so much for going to detail oh this has been wonderful and Thank oh, you thank to you. all of our, our ever-growing fan base for being patient with us. We wanted to make sure we had a good quality product, and <laughs> we didn't want to rush yes. anything out, even though we said, oh, we're going to be releasing the next week, and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, things happen. Life happens. We're really going yeah. to um, be strict about releasing episodes here on out to making sure it happens one way or another. Um, hopefully this has benefited you today. If you're going through this, um, you know, at the end of the episode, I'm going to, you know, inform everyone how they can follow us on social media. We'll have an Instagram page, a Facebook page. We'll be active on Twitter, Snapchat. Even I am, I'm hearing is going to be in the works. Amy's going to be at the helm and posting Snapchat. (laughs) Well, that's that's really a thing to kind of help this along to give people more information about maybe what we've talked about and to let you know where my mind's at, where I'm at for the day. If I'm not motivated, I want to tell you that. If I'm if I'm having a rough day, if I'm having a great day, I want to tell you that, and I want I want to start doing days of eating and things I think to go along yeah, with our excellent. podcast. So, <sighs> I, I mean, I love Snapchat for that. Again, yeah. a lot of these podcasts, it's. The answer after the fact. Oh, this is how you do it. Look at me. You know, you see some chiseled person and that mm. kind of devastates people in a way because already it's like, oh, wow, they already got it all figured out. With us, we don't necessarily have it all figured out. We got a good idea yeah, because we've yeah. been through it enough. We've been in the trenches. No. We've had to go through this a number of years. <laughs> but yeah. this podcast is going to be for the good days and for the bad days. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a really important. But I hope that it teaches you how to cope. And that's really, that's really it, is learning how to cope with your hunger at that time, learning how to cope with all these things and what your end goal is. Because if you don't know how to cope, you're just, you know, then you, then you don't know. You, you won't always succeed. Just, uh, I wish somebody's out there. feel like you can have somebody you can relate to and realize uh, just the human element of it all. And this is what this podcast mm-hmm. is really going to go into is just the mental and just Absolutely. how human it is to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Because at its core, it's simple. But with life and the cars that were dealt, it, can, it makes it... Uh, way more difficult for a lot of folks and so we hope we can be part of your spiritual journey yes Um, you're part of your awakening for a better healthier life it's not about get woke get woke that's what we're going to leave with today just get woke (laughs) but absolutely but thank you guys so much for tuning in be looking for announcements for subsequent episodes of unlocking the obese mind it'll be posted on all of our social media and at the end of the episode i will let you know how you can interact with us and we would love your feedback and uh, amy thank you so much and Thank you, darling, and uh, look forward to doing this soon. Oh, thank and you, uh, we'll catch you later. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like today's podcast, be sure to follow on Facebook and Instagram over at Unlocking the Obese Mind Pod, as well as Twitter at Obese Mind Pod. 
And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn.